You're listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. This is Garrett Ashley Mullet. This is also episode 52 of season 3, episode 117 of this podcast. It is May 14th, 2021, and also Friday. Today we're going to talk about a number of different things. We'll see how they connect, if we can make them connect. Will it blend, as the popular YouTube video series puts it? For one thing, we want to talk about the Iron Dome in Israel, protecting Israeli citizens and cities from attacks by Hamas. Hamas has been given a great deal of weaponry by the country of Iran, and they're using it. They're firing hundreds of rockets at Israeli citizens and cities. And the Israeli Defense Force, IDF for short, is not going to put up with that and they're not putting up with that, and they shouldn't put up with that, and we should support them in not putting up with that, period. If you think that you can be anti-Israel or anti-Zionist, whatever that is, if you think you can be all of that and also believe what the Bible says and be a Christian, I'm confused. Uh, I'm I'm just confused by how you could come to the conclusion that if we curse Israel, there will be a blessing. When God says, those who curse Israel, I will curse. Those who bless Israel, I will bless. It's pretty clear. Uh, There is a spiritual component to the blessings that God promises to the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There's a spiritual component whereby, as Christians, even us Gentiles, are actually the rightful descendants. But I don't see why the biological descendants of Israel, Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I don't see why those biological descendants who are the modern-day Jews, who very often are the modern-day Israeli people, uh, I don't see why those people do not have the promise of God's blessing and protection as well. I, I just don't... I don't have anybody explaining that to me satisfactorily, but I do see a lot of people who jump on the bandwagon of criticizing Israel. Uh, At work, I've got a number of compatriots who don't think that the United States government should be giving any money to the nation of Israel for its defense. They don't believe we should be supporting Israel, even as it's hemmed in by foes all around, Arab nations that hate Israel, that don't think that Israel should exist, that want to destroy Israel. They don't think that we should be aiding in the defense of Israel from these existential threats, which she otherwise would almost certainly succumb to. I just do not agree. I just flat don't agree. Uh, I think Israel, of all of our allies around the world, needs us the most and also brings with our assistance the most blessing. Uh, 
I do think that there is a supernatural component here. And if you want to mock that, then we apparently just have a fundamentally different set of presuppositions. In my view, we can expect blessings as a nation when we honor God. Abortion is a major concern, and I don't see how it is that we can continue being a blessed nation so long as we have carried out a holocaust of the unborn children in our country in the past 50 years. I don't see how we can continue having blessings as a country and, and praying that God would bless America. I don't see how we can do that when we murder innocent children by the tens of millions and nobody can seem to bring a stop to it. That isn't to say nobody's trying, but maybe that's why God withholds judgment because there is still a remnant trying hard and saying in no uncertain terms, this is evil. I don't just disagree with it, it's evil. And then you get knuckleheads like John Piper. I shouldn't say that, that's disrespectful. But he was being a knucklehead when he wrote that op-ed right before the 2020 election saying that abortion is evil, but the Bible doesn't tell us how we have to vote in order to bring an end to abortion, whether we vote for Democrats or Republicans. Excuse me? You're pretending at being stupid. This is like when my children play at being stupid. My oldest son feigns ignorance. That's a nicer way to say it. That won't get me in such hot water. I should be respectful of Mr. Piper because he is an elder. He is older. But that is not good taste. It's not good judgment. It's not good leadership. It's not good teaching that he wrote that op-ed right up on the edge of the election. Wait all these years and then write right before the election, one of our most important elections. Every election is the most important election in our country's history, if you've noticed. But I think 2020 really was one of the most important consequential elections in our nation's history. And John Piper basically weighed in to neutralize the Christian vote because he didn't like Trump. And because he thought that would win points with the woke Christian crowd, which he apparently belongs to now. You get Tim Keller also writing that the Bible tells me abortion is a sin, but it doesn't tell me the best way to stop abortion. Excuse me. It seems pretty clear cut. You vote for people who are for expanding abortion, quote unquote, rights who want to send our taxpayer funds, not only to support organizations here in this country, which perform abortions, which perform the most abortions of anybody, like Planned Parenthood, for instance. They also want to send our tax dollars to those same organizations, the same types of organizations, so that they can perform abortions around the world, in third world countries, in Africa, in India, you want to vote that way and then feign confusion. You're playing stupid. Just like my son might play stupid when I walk in and I say, hey, why aren't the dishes done? Hey, 
Why isn't the floor swept? Hey, why isn't the food put away after dinner? What? Oh, I guess I didn't know. I didn't know that it, it wasn't done. I didn't know that there were dirty dishes after we eat a meal. I didn't know that the floor was dirty. I didn't. No, you did. And I'm not buying it. You're playing dumb because you don't want to have to pay a cost for making a bad choice here. You want to neglect your responsibilities. You're being lazy or you'd rather do something else that's more fun. I don't see how it is that we as a country can continue to expect blessings when abortion is legal and when it is taxpayer subsidized and funded the way that it has been. The LGBTQ agenda, I don't see how we can continue to be a blessed nation when that is being celebrated and lauded and affirmed moreover. That's the more important thing. It's being affirmed. You have the woke brand of Christianity affirming sexual perversion, sexual immorality, not calling for repentance of it, and then welcoming graciously people whose former life was marked by these things. No, they're affirming it and saying, you can be a gay Christian. You can be a practicing homosexual and also a minister in our denomination. You can be a transgendered person and also be an ordained minister in our denomination. You can go to this public school and send your kids to this public school and they're going to be subjected to literature and to experiences which condition them to affirm the LGBTQ movement's tenets, position, worldview. You can send your kids into that, but it's fine. No big deal. We don't need to call for repentance. Everybody has their own individual choices to make, and this just happens to be that person's individual choice. And because self-expression is sacrosanct and the lion's share of society doesn't believe in objectivity and objective truth, you can't touch this like MC Hammer. I don't see how it is that we can continue to expect blessings as a country, except that there's still a significant portion of this nation which refuses to affirm sexual perversion. There's still a significant portion of America which, like me, cancels its Netflix subscription when Netflix decides to air a documentary, not a documentary, a uh, drama, glorifying pedophilia, normalizing pedophilia. There's still a significant part of this country that cancels its Disney Plus subscription when Disney, the Walt Disney Company starts promoting homosexuality, transgenderism, bisexuality, queerness. They start allying themselves with that and pushing it on little children so that little children think that gender is a social construct and love is love. And it doesn't matter what you do with your genitals. God loves you just the way you are. And so do we. Do whatever. There's obviously no fear of God in that place. And there's no fear of God in the Christian quarters and in the halls of power where this is codified. And it's written into the doctrinal statement. It's written into the Constitution or the legislative agenda, 
But there's still a significant part of the country that says, no, that's nonsense. We're not participating in that. We totally agree. Now, of course, because one side has the news media, one side has a lot of clout in the university system, and they have worked diligently over the past decades to take over denomination leadership, to take over political party leadership. When one side says, no, we're not going for that because it is written, God says, thou shalt not, thou shalt. When that side digs their heels in and says, we're not participating in this, we're not affirming that. In fact, we need to roll back what you've already done because it's wrong and it's evil. Not only are we not on board with more of it, we need to roll back what you've already done. When that side digs in their heels, they're called reactionaries. They're called legalists. They're told that they're on the wrong side of history because the other side has the microphone very often. Well, that's part of why I've got this podcast. You know, what happens? My cousin Micah asked me this question last night. He says, what happens when Vody Bauckham is no longer on the scene? What happens when John MacArthur is no longer on the scene? Who is it that is coming up as a next generation to carry that torch? Who is it that is going to say, no, we're not closing our church? Hebrews says, do not neglect the assembling of yourselves together as some do. So we're not going to neglect the assembling of ourselves together. Where's that next younger generation that's going to carry the torch for 10 to 20 years and have a microphone for good on the side of the good? Who's going to write the next book in the series of Fault Lines? Fody Bauckham just wrote and published Fault Lines about social justice taking over evangelical Christianity. But Vody Bauckham is also here in the States dealing with some heart issues. And I mean, literal heart issues. He's got some kind of condition. So he's not going to be around forever writing books like Fault Lines. Who's going to be the next generation of leader in the church who says, here I am, Lord, send me. We'll leave that for God to decide and to call, but suffice to say for right now, I don't understand how it is that God can continue to bless our nation, except that those who know better and who have some courage speak up and they say, this does not make sense. The same goes for Israel. So there's this strain of thought within conservative circles that we should just be completely disengaged on the foreign policy front. We don't send money to any other country. We don't aid in their defense. We stay out of it. No allies, no enemies. Simple. This is the Ron Paul sort of approach. And I think it is silly, quite honest. To quite, quite honestly, I, I think it's silly. It's naive. It's dangerous. We're going to say that our support of Israel is actually why the terrorists knocked down the World Trade Center on 9-11. No, no. Their desire to take over the world for a demonic ideology and the fact that we wouldn't just let them is why they knocked over the World Trade Center. In the case of Israel defending itself with this Iron Dome from Hamas from Iran, I cheer 
to see on the dailywire.com, their front page. Stunning photos captured of Iron Dome protecting Israel from Palestinian terrorist attacks. Israel pounds Palestinian terrorists, rejects calls for truce after, after terrorists kicked hornets' nests. IDF kills top Hamas commander Bassem Issa, highest-ranking terrorist killed in seven years. Ilhan Omar says Palestinian children deserve safety, ignores Hamas using schools as rocket launch sites. So we get involved on the side of the people that God says, if you bless them, I will bless you. If you curse them, I will curse you. We get involved to help them protect themselves, their men, women, and children. They get attacked, and Hamas does. Hamas uses hospitals and schools and homes full of children as launch sites so that, so that when the IDF retaliates like they have to, Hamas wins a public relations coup in the world press. So that it looks like Israel is trying to murder innocent women and children in violation of the Geneva Convention, in violation of chivalric standards. Israel is the bad guy. Israel is the evil villain here. Do you know who you heard that from? You heard it from Nazis. You heard it from Islamofascists. You didn't read that in God's word, that Israel is the villain here. I I don't understand anti-Semitism. I just flat don't. My grandfather, Renu, went and signed up and served, enlisted in the Navy during World War II because he was appalled at what was happening to the Jews, what Hitler was doing to the Jews. And this tender-hearted, sweet, gentle, wouldn't-hurt-a-fly young man goes off, and he is a corpsman. He's a nurse, patching up young men coming back from the D-Day, Normandy, Omaha Beach invasion. He's stationed in the UK. They've got field hospitals there. They're bringing men back who've been shot up, who are in agony, some of whom are going to die, they're not going to make it, but we're going to try and save them if we can, or stabilize them, or at least help them with their pain. He sees all kinds of horrible, horrible things and ends up having a nervous breakdown. But before he goes off to serve, before he has a nervous breakdown, and the family that my mother grew up in is never the same, before all of that, he was incensed that the Jews were being scapegoated for all of Germany's problems, rounded up, having their property seized, being thrown in camps. Now, the anti-Semite will say, oh yeah, but there's a long history there of the Jews being middlemen and doing these things, da 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 I don't want to hear it. I really don't. That's a lot of nonsense. Jews are people. People are people. No matter where you go, people are people, and you're going to always be able to find some bad actors who did some nefarious things, some crooked things, some untoward things. I think it's highly distasteful to refer to Jews as Christ killers, because who isn't? If you are part of that God so loved the whole world 
that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you're part of that whole world that Christ died for, you're as much a Christ killer as the Jews are. I mean, and, and okay, so here's a segue. Social justice. My wife was just talking with Virginia Rogers yesterday. My family and the Rogers family met up. Kids played in the Poudre River. Lauren and Virginia sat and chatted. And one of the things they chatted about was David Platt. So David Platt, I'm not terribly familiar with. I don't listen to his sermons. I don't read his books. But Vody Bauckham brings him up in his book, Fault Lines. He says he's a friend. He loves and admires and respects him. But he's totally off base on the critical theory, critical race theory, systemic racism, social justice thing. He's gone woke. David Platt comes up in conversation with Virginia Rogers. Lauren tells her, oh yeah, no, he he preached a, a sermon at a preaching conference in which he repented of his whiteness and said that as a white pastor, he's part of the problem. Just, just by virtue of being white, just by virtue of being a white pastor, he's part of the problem. And he parroted the premise of CRT, of critical theory, of social justice, of systemic racism. So she was unfamiliar with that. She likes David Platt or doesn't have a problem with him. But then she didn't know that he had done that. And there's a number of people at Summit View Community Church who like Platt, who admire Platt, who appreciate what he does. They trust him. Careful. Be careful. Careful, careful. Little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. For the Lord up above is looking down with love, so be careful, little eyes and ears, what you see and hear. So I sent this video to Lauren, this YouTube video, after having asked my cousin Micah, because he's the other source that I heard about, David Platt, repenting of his whiteness from before Vody Bauckham, actually. So we've been saying this stuff for five years, by the way. I mean, I, I love, I love it. Go back and listen to my episode 38 on uh, April 24th, in which I talk about Vody Bauckham's fault lines. I love his book. I think it's fantastic, and I think the world of him for writing it. <clears throat> but we've been saying this stuff, Micah and I, for five years and we were consistently dismissed and told that we were being insensitive and uncaring and contentious and unloving. And if you want to know the truth, I think we were being told all that by a lot of cowards, a lot of people that weren't interested at all in being associated with us. And they knew there would be a price to pay if they aligned themselves with what we were saying, if they allowed themselves to consider the truth and the validity of what we were saying. So then rather than letting themselves get drawn in by the obvious justice and truth and validity of what we were saying, they decided to criticize us for being uncaring. My brother, for one, told me it was a weird look for us to always be writing about Black Lives Matter. Why are you guys always writing about Black Lives Matter? So it's kind of a weird look. It's kind of weird. 
are you guys so upset about the kneeling for the national anthem thing? It's kind of a weird look. Um, actually, it's kind of a weird look for all of you pansies to be embracing Marxism, to be embracing a ostensibly Marxist organization in the form of Black Lives Matter, to be parroting its claims uncritically. It's kind of a weird look for you guys to be plugging your ears because you're afraid of being canceled. When somebody points out the logical inconsistencies, the factual errors inherent to the claims that are being made about policing, about society, about systemic racism, that's kind of a weird look. If you ask me, actually... But in the case of Israel, how we respond to this business with Israel defending itself against Hamas, going after the terrorists, imagine that. Imagine that, right? What a novel concept. People attack your country, your innocent women and children, and you go fight them and kill them. Weird. Weird. How inhuman. How bizarre. Let's all be against the country that tries to defend its people from terrorists. No, give me a break. It's fantastic. It's fantastic that Israel and their defense force are going after Hamas because Hamas is a cancer. Hamas isn't even good for the Palestinian people. I hate to break it to you, but Hamas oppresses their own people just like the bloods and the crips just like ms13 this is not a this is not a situation where the apparent support of their communities is actual support this is a case where they terrorize their own people and murder and assassinate and intimidate and threaten anybody within their own neighborhoods their own palestinian neighborhoods if they step out of line if they are critical of hamas if they are doing something other than what Hamas wants them to do. It's just like the mafia. Hey, that's a nice business you got there. Be ashamed if something were to happen to it. You have such a beautiful family. <clears throat> you have such a beautiful family, it'd be a shame if something were to happen to your children. Don't you think? Beautiful wife, be a shame if something were to happen to her. So that's how Hamas operates. And... Israel is actually doing the Palestinian people a favor, believe it or not, by going after Hamas. And for that matter, there's, a, there's this moral quandary, and this goes back to a question I was asked by some random guy that wrote in at On The Rock's blog after reading a whole bunch of my articles. He was trying to deal with some stuff and struggling with his worldview, trying to make sense of how much of his worldview was his newfound Christian faith and how much of it was old holdovers from when he was a progressive Obama liberal. And so he writes, he asks me what I think about things like the rape of Nan King. And do I think that that sort of a action in wartime is justified based on what God tells the children of Israel to do when they go into the promised land? Do I think it's okay that men, women, and children were killed by the Imperial Japanese Army when they took Nanking, China. I still haven't recorded that episode, partly because I was intimidated by it. Not because I don't have an answer, but because, well, because (laughs) 
It's not an answer people are going to like. It's not an answer that people are going to be comfortable with. Uh, I think that the Geneva Convention doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I think that the Code of Chivalry, I understand it. I, let me rephrase. The Geneva Convention makes sense to me, but I don't think that it necessarily follows from biblical, biblical Christianity. I don't think that the codes of chivalry in the Middle Ages, which in no small part helped to contribute to what eventually became the Geneva Convention, I don't think that they necessarily follow from the Bible, certainly not the Old Testament. You, have, you do have God commanding that every living thing in some of these cities be destroyed. But the caveat is that those cities, if you go back and you really study carefully, those cities were cities where it was reported, it was claimed that fallen angels had intermarried with the children of man. They had corrupted the bloodline on purpose, intentionally trying to pollute these creatures made in God's image, put their own mark on them. It was a form of trying to get worship. It was a form of trying to make war against God. The same business that got Lucifer and a third of heaven kicked out of heaven. So I don't think if God can tell the children of Israel to kill every man, woman, and child, that chivalry and the Geneva Convention necessarily follow as a categorical thing, similar to the slavery question. Is slavery evil? N no, not as God defines evil. He's got a short list of things that he detests, and slavery doesn't make it. And you, if you disagree, well, I'm sorry, but you're not holier than God. God wins. In an arm wrestling contest over who's holier, God wins. And you're just embarrassing yourself right now for when that arm wrestling contest comes. But I, for one, I am saddened that Hamas, seized and controlled by this demonic religion of Islam, is firing hundreds of rockets at Israeli cities full of innocent Israeli men, women, and children. I'm appalled by that. And when I say innocent men, women, and children, I mean these are men, women, and children that have no ability to liberate the Palestinians, to give them their own country. They have no ability to hurt the Palestinians. But this same mindset within critical theory, within critical race theory, within this Marxist systemic racism theory that is making the rounds here in America, the same mindset is at work when Hamas fires 200 plus rockets at Israeli cities. Because that Israeli boy, that Israeli girl, that Israeli mother and wife, that Israeli brother and husband and father, he's part of the system. And so in their view, he's not innocent. And if you listen to Tim Keller carefully, he's not innocent. And if you listen to David Platt, and you extend out the implications of what he's apologizing and repenting of, then Hamas might be on the right they might just have the right of it. Except they don't. They don't have the right of it. 
and we are being conformed to the pattern of this world instead of being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Slavery cannot be categorically evil. Firing back at a Hamas rocket launching pad that has been placed strategically in a school, in a hospital, so as to bring about maximum casualties on your side, so that you draw maximum outrage and support, financial donations, physical material support, arms from abroad. Is Israel justified to fire back, to shoot back, to punch back, to send in ground forces? Are they justified? They're absolutely justified. If some gunman takes the family across the street hostage and he's got a bomb and he's going to detonate it and it's going to blow up the entire block, not only the people that he's taken hostage in that house, but also the people in my house, people on this street, the people in every house. Hey, there's an opportunity to take a shot, take that guy out. He's holding somebody as a human shield. I'm sorry. It's awful. It's awful business. It's awful that he is doing that, but you take the shot. If you can get a clean shot, take a clean shot. But otherwise, it's not you that killed that human shield if he throws them in front of himself like a coward. He's the one that killed that person. You're trying to save life. I'm convinced that the IDF is trying to save life. They're not trying to devilishly extinguish Palestinian Arab lives because they just hate Palestinian Arabs and make this cartoonishly evil version of the IDF. And we immediately take Hamas's side, we take Iran's side, we take the Arab side against Israel. Why? Why? Tell me why. Why should we take the Arab side in this? Because Islam is more virtuous than Judaism? Because we believe that history is a tale of oppressors versus oppressed. And since Israel is stronger and winning and punches back harder, they must be the oppressor. Is that our fundamental assumption? Is it because a lot of Israelis look whiter? They look more European than their Arab neighbors? Is that the deal? So now we're going to be anti-Israel because... Their skin's just not dark enough. Is that what it is? I don't know. It's twisted. It's crazy. It's insane. In people's minds, what they can support, what they can justify, the positions they can entertain. As for me, I wholeheartedly support Israel defending itself against terrorists. And if it comes down to it, I will cheer and applaud them going after Iran. Because Iran is really the source of Hamas's support. When Hamas fires rockets, it might as well be Iran firing rockets because those are Iranian rockets. And thank you very much, Joe Biden and Barack Obama, for giving so many millions, plane loads of cash to Iran, trying to give them more. Yeah, that's part of what's in the mix here is that Israel is not interested in backing off easing up 
whatever Biden's administration is going to try and tell them behind the scenes, threaten them, coerce them, cajole them, bully them into stopping short of here. The Biden administration wants to make a deal with Iran and they are comfortable with Iran getting nuclear weapons and Iran is comfortable using nuclear weapons against Israel. Any country which is willing to fire 200 plus rockets into crowded cities full of men, women, and children is also going to be comfortable with firing firing one or two rockets or missiles, ICBMs, mark my words. But we'll have to leave it there for right now. We'll see what happens, how this develops. If you have something more to add, please reach out. But with all that said, until next time, thank you for listening and God bless. You've been listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. For more content like what you just heard, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Also check out thegarrettashleymulletshow.com to subscribe to email alerts when new episodes are published. As always, you can reach me with any comments, questions, complaints, objections, or insights at garrettashleymullet at protonmail.com. Thank you.